Hail to those who seek the magical cellar full of that blue stuff. Today we have a very special episode. And by special I mean there is no spoiler-free section today. So just a warning. Uh, Usually we have a non-spoiler section to start things off. But today we did it a little different. And uh, it is spoilers from the get-go. So keep that in mind as you continue to listen. And now, on to the shameless pandering. Good morning, children. It's 2.30 a.m., and we're recording the podcast right now. Because my ass just got off work, and I get paid fifteen seventy-seven an hour. Damn. It's a brutal existence, kids. And they don't let me get tips for five days, so it means I'm working as a slave monkey for the next, well... Well, one more day. But nonetheless, kids, it, it's given me a perspective here that we get no money from this fucking podcast, okay? <laughs> but we need to work on three things here, all right? We need to work on ads, sponsors, and you, the viewers, leaving comments, talking, telling us what we need to do to squeeze the $5 out of your pocket, Okay. <laughs> And I'm talking real squeeze, okay? I want every last penny. (laughs) And yeah, if I don't, I mean, I'm probably just gonna... Probably gonna snap. (laughs) Don't say that people aren't gonna donate (laughs) just to see you snap. (laughs) But in all seriousness... Life's hard. And this does take time, more time from Two Spirit over there, okay? He puts in editing work. I don't know how many minutes, but there are minutes involved with the editing. And I don't do that, but it sounds hard, <laughs> okay? And don't you think he deserves a little something for that? <laughs> Listen, kids, you go on. Tim Dillon's podcast, right? You give that guy tw- how much? What if it's Patreon? <laughs> Fucking, it's five dollars or twenty five dollars or five or fifty dollars. Like seven houses across the United States. He owns now, and he seven used to live houses, kids. I don't own one. Okay, <laughs> just help me out, guys. All right, <laughs> just just lift us up. Let the the flood waters. What's the what's the quote? <laughs> the, the tides rise all boats, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Anyways, donate at a, what's our website? <laughs> Go to our Twitter and harass us, and I'll respond, and hopefully uh, you'll give us some money for that. We really As you can get a website, actually, that's a good idea. I have no idea how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> you hear this on the radio, right? That's how you listen to that. Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch, because it's cellar time.
Welcome to the Crack Cellar, as the prophecy was once foretold. I'm Two-Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I forgot what we were reviewing, Broadcaster Nichols. <laughs> and uh, what we're reviewing is the television show based on a novel called <laughs> Fire <Based>. Blood. <laughs> it's a very based novel by George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, Giga Chad. The man, the man that is still TM working on Winds of Winter, um, but uh, piece of shit. But yeah, you know, Fire and Blood is uh, about the Targaryens, the um, the the golden age of the Targaryens when they had the Iron Throne and uh, the Lannisters were still a little punk ass village out in the woods, and. Uh, it's interesting because I, I remember I've never read Fire and Blood, but I almost read it. And I remember reading sort of about it and just kind of hypnosis well, to see if I wanted it's to It's newer, it. right? I think so. Yeah, I think it is newer. Because yeah, I didn't even know this book existed till like a year ago. It's well, it's a weird book because it's like apparently it's based on um like there's this blog on the internet that blogs about George R. R. Martin's books and like they do like world building cataloging type shit like they keep an archive of like all the lore from all of his books and uh so terrifying for a writer probably <laughs> yeah well i mean not for George R. R. Martin he was really impressed with their work and he's like hey i'm going to write a book based on your blog Basically, they came up with theories on some stuff that they, like, couldn't fill out. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, they would theorize yeah. what happened in the past that led to this moment in the book. And based off of all those theories, he wrote Fire and Blood. Now, Fire and Blood, when what? I... Yeah, yeah. It's a real wild story. You go look it up sometime if you're interested. It's it's really weird. And they those, those people are credited in the... Uh, House of the Dragon credits too. Those uh, bloggers are so. I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, you know, because we're going to review it. And maybe you, whatever I'm about to say, you can cut into the the spoiler section or whatever. But I just read something online about a certain character, a certain Targaryen character, being maybe the Night King, and it was this huge all speculation assumption article. But the way they were talking about it and people were talking about it, it seemed like they really thought it out. Are you saying George R. R. Martin oh, is are, are you like well, are you saying like the probability of what they were saying just went in, incredibly up now that you just told me this well, whole book was based on a fucking mm, Reddit article. Not a Reddit no 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 no. This is not a, a Reddit, Reddit article, dude. Like these two like wrote have like one of the most complicated, complex compendium of information on an, a novelist world ever. Like it's I haven't seen the blog, but I've read about it and I've like heard descriptions of it and it's like prolific. It's not just some Reddit page. Uh but that being said, what you just said, I'm glad that you didn't name any names, even though now my mind is doing the calculus and I'm probably thinking I know who it is. You but, know who it but, is. Uh, yeah. It's probably true. Uh, 
I hope. God damn it, man! I don't like that, but um, that makes me so bummed out because because I was reading that article just thinking this is fucking hogwash. I clicked on it knowing it was hogwash. I'm not mad that I clicked on it, and now you told me that little key to the fucking lock, and now I'm like, oh, it is true. <laughs> like uh, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe it's true. That I mean, like I mean, I don't I don't know who they said. I don't want to know. But I'll say right now that it's possible it is still hogwash. But also possible it's true. So we'll just leave it at that. For all the listeners, all the kitties, hogwash is the the bits at the end of the swill you drink (laughs) out of your cup. Mm. (sighs) All right, broadcaster. Anyway, what I was trying to say before your revelation is that... um, I don't remember now. God damn it. Broadcaster, you <laughs> you've torpedoed the Well, you were ta- you were talking about how the book Fire and Blood was based on All <laughs> I can think about is the character I know who you're talking about. That's the <laughs> yeah. fucking Night King now, god damn it. Yeah. How you know you? it? I just want to take I will keep 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 going. Well, here's, right, keep here's recording. I'm just going to say you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name names. Think about his mannerisms uh-huh. throughout the whole series. Dude, as soon as you said it, my brain just like instantly went into like fucking research mode automatically. Yep. Yeah. Just can't put the face in my brain. I'm like, yep. fuck. Yep. Yep. But anyway, um, <laughs> here's the thing House of the Dragon season one did not finish the book. There's another season coming out. And it is also going to be based on the book. This, I believe, is the halfway point of the book. So if House of the Dragon is Wait really based Next. on Fire and Blood, then yeah. second season is going to be the last, I believe. Otherwise, they're going to have to start making Good. shit up. No, or no. Or something. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the real situation i don't know if anyone ever will know the real situation with the final season of game of thrones like whether martin didn't give him any material to work with whether they were like no we don't like the material he gave us so we tried to go in a different direction at the end of the day the whole winter is coming and night king storyline did not get finished and we don't know if that was the writers or martin's thing you know so I don't when I really I swear, man, if you're telling if what you're saying is accurate and the second season should wrap up the book, there's no fucking way they should go past that. They're trying to damage control mm-hmm. what season nine of Game of Thrones did. OK, you can't play with that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. Especially if you want to keep going, because George, he's making more books, so it's like you you obviously want to keep going with this IP. (laughs) Yeah, well, I will definitely say that the final season of Game of Thrones was totally, I think it was total make-believe. I liked a lot of it, even a lot of people like really talk shit about the entire final season. I'll be honest with you, I only dislike the final episode. If you just take the final episode out completely and you redo it and you change the fucking wheelchair kid becoming the fucking king, which I believe is the dumbest outcome that show could have possibly fucking had, 
Yeah. Literally the worst option for an ending. Fucking Bran Stark, who literally said multiple times throughout the show that he didn't want to be king and want, had no interest in any of that shit. Then one random episode, he's like, um, I guess I'll be king now. Okay. Fuck yeah. you. Get the fuck out of here. It's bullshit. But uh, other than that, like, I really like that episode with the Night King attacking Winterfell. That's the best fucking dude, episode that, of all time, when, dude. When I that's think like of that red, episode, that's red wedding status. Like dude, that's like some of the greatest episodes for sure. And that's like why when I when I hear people just discount the entire final season, I look at them as posers because dude, I don't think Melisandre, they're being intellectually honest. Yeah, for sure. I'm just gonna say, it. dude, when Melisandre goes out in the battlefield and uses her fucking sorcery to anoint all those fuckers' blades mm-hmm. was one of the coolest fucking things Fuck I've seen yeah, in fucking dude. fantasy, dude. That was cool as fuck. Yeah. There were, there were, th- yeah, there was some real fire in the final season. It was not a bad season. It had a bad ending, okay? Yeah, no <laughs> It doubt. had a bad fucking ending. <laughs> I don't think we, anyone's arguing no, that. Even the la- most layman viewers fucking felt the deceit on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to House of the Dragon. Uh, so Fire and Blood is basically about the Targaryen, like the, the prime of the Targaryens and the fact that they were sort of like depraved. Like it's like the height of their depra- – it's like the fall of Rome but with Targaryens is what it was supposed to be when I it was described to me. And I was a little surprised because season one – didn't show a lot of that. Like, there was definitely some depravity, don't get me wrong. There's one specific episode where uh, our boy, uh, Damon Targaryen, takes his niece out onto the town and does some very questionable things with her. Let's be honest, this is pretty... Proper form for the IP. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, was <laughs> we know where the Lannisters learned it from now, for sure. Uh, but it wasn't as depraved as I expected. Like, I was really expecting, like, way more just really fucked up shit from the Targaryens. But the, for the most part, the Targaryens are portrayed very honorably in this show. For the most part. Not completely, but... Yeah, it's... I, yeah, it is a kind of a weird portrayal because you're supposed to be seeing like this regal form, the most regal political form of the Targaryens that ever existed, you know, because the, all the other Targaryens before that were like champions and, you know, dragon riders, like hundreds of dragons, like destroy, you know, fucking taking the land as they please. They came from, what was the land they came from? Valeria. Yeah. Right. So like, they, like they're known for pretty much bringing doom onto Valeria because of their own ambition, essentially. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why when you see Viserys, the peaceful, like, I think the, the whole peaceful thing is very meaningful. Like he is one of the very few Targaryens. It was like, guys, <laughs> If we're gonna live and go to this other land, we gotta do things differently, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it, it is an interesting. That's how I always saw them, mm-hmm. right? So, like when House of Dragon happened, you kind of get that, but at the same time, you kind of just they're they just always seem to be like that. Like when, uh, well, let me re-say that the writers have chosen to portray the Targaryens as like these people that have always been family fucking 
and kind of crazy. <laughs> Be, like that, it isn't just like this new thing. Because when <laughs> I mean, I was laughing because me and Stormy saw the scene together. Uh, what was it? Um, some wh- whoever was talking to Viserys, he they were like. Well, you kids, your your fucking uncle's fucking your your daughter, <laughs> and he's just like, uh, they have the blood of the dragon in them. They're chaotic. <laughs> so it's like, say what? <laughs> what you hold up? Hold up. <laughs> what did you, you said that like you've done a little family fucking? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, Viserys. Uh, first of all, just to take a step back from the hot incest talk. Uh, Viserys, I think, was just a great character in the show he overall. Was. Absolutely, he, his so actor there, did a great job. So there's multiple time skips in a ten episode season, which is one of the craziest things about this show. There's the the first three episodes. I want to say are when. Um, uh, Viserys is, you know, at his most youthful. He's like kind of like in his mid forties or whatever. And uh, uh, Renera was like a fifteen-year-old girl, fifteen, sixteen, whatever. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> then, then there's a time skip about I want to say seven years, eight years, and uh, then the, there's another time skip of like another eight years. So, like, it, it goes in, like, these weird, like, eight-year chunks every three or so episodes. And the actors change a bunch of times. Like, there's – each character in the show, with a few exceptions, has multiple actors portraying them. Uh, Viserys and Damon are two of the big uh, – I mean, all the people that start as adults in the beginning basically never change actors. But there's, like, a bunch of kids that grow up and stuff. So it's pretty wild. Like, there's a few ca- – characters that have three different actors that portray yeah. them in a 10 episode season of television that's wild as fuck to me it is and it's complete you got to give your hat and take your hat off to the people that like you know coordinate that shit and like write it and like get the the actors likenesses to match up and shit like that yeah yeah they did a pretty good job too for the most part i, I will say that i didn't like grown up uh Renera that much the actress that played her, I thought she kind of, you know, towards the end, I started to grow on her a little bit. But like when they first did the time skip and she first grew up, I thought she was a little wooden and weird with the way she yeah. was portraying her. But yeah, uh, definitely compared to the actress that was uh, her younger version. Yeah, dude, sure. the younger version, she that I think she's one of the best actresses or actors in the show up there she, with the, yeah. with the Damon Targaryen actor. Uh, yeah, he's he carries this sh- this show, but uh, oh no doubt until Amon shows up. <laughs> oh, Amon, I, I, I was talking to Alex because he was like an episode ahead of me or whatever, and I was like, Damon's the fucking guy, dude. Come on, he's stealing the show, and he's like, there's one more character that's gonna show up, and you're gonna you're you're gonna he's gonna get usurped. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Amon yeah. shows up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. Viserys really just like, there's so much like in this, there's a lot of political intrigue. There's a lot of backstabbing and all the normal Game of Thrones stuff. But 
the thing that's wild to me about Viserys is that he just gave off this genuine impression. It was just like, guys, I just want to chill and like fucking eat some meat with my family and maybe shoot some fucking animals in the forest. Like, let's chill, guys. Like, let's let's quit. We're fucking, the- we're kangs, dude. We're kangs, yeah. all right? <laughs> like, he had this genuine, like, consideration that he just, like, yeah. wanted to chill. Like, he was, like, he was so one of the, sick of everyone. What you're bullshit. referring to, dude, he's one of the real ones, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where, um... Damon was like the true Targaryen. He's like the he was dude. <laughs> thirsting for you know power and maybe the partnership of blood related relatives. Uh, you know him and that type him and Aemon him and Amon are like what I think of like the pinnacle of Targaryen society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like those two if they got their way, the Targaryens would be killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there were there were really no bad actors in this show. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong if you can think of someone, but like I was kind of impressed by the sheer acting talent in this show. Well, I mean, it's HBO. It is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's true, and Game of Thrones was the exact same way. Like, When's the last time HBO has seriously let you down? In the acting department. Watchmen? Fuck, you got me there. I totally... My brain deleted that fucking yeah. series, dude. Yeah, it's... There's not too I'm many not, examples. Other than the Watchmen. Give me something else, because that one's too easy. That, that Well, I mean, that, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> For the most even, part, you're right. Even, like, True... De- I, the next one I would think after that is True Detective Season 2. You know, with man, Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. But even then. American thespian. Exactly, dude. And that was kind of the point I was going with. Like, in comparison <laughs> to Watchmen, he is a fucking thespian. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so, uh. Beginning... A cop. That fucking. What was that goddamn character's origin? He escaped a lynching and <laughs> fucking. Painted his face white, so people thought he was white under the mask he was wearing. What the fuck? Anyways, moving on. Dude, dude, as soon as fucking Matthew McConaughey started seeing signals from other planets the end of season one, they just lost their marbles. Now we know what Matthew McConaughey was really crying at. (laughs) At the end of that, what was that movie called? Uh, I forget. Lincoln Lawyer? (laughs) <laughs> which movie are we talking about interstellar <laughs> we can lawyer <laughs> I was going to go with dazed and confused next but god damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's crying he's like seeing his whole life or whatever or his daughter's video I forget what it was in interstellar and he's like crying as he's going into infinite time oblivion, <laughs> it's it's quite a beautiful moment to be honest. I, even though I can't quite remember what was going on, but that's what he was really crying about. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So so the beginning of the show is interesting. It's really it just comes down to Renera 
not being named the heir and sort of like her guilting her dad about it a little bit to the point where the dad does name her the heir. And by dad, we're talking about Viserys. And then the, just a whole lot of sort of political intrigue in between. Uh, we, the high towers are introduced and the, the Papa High Tower that is really like a, a poor man's Tywin Lannister. He's not nearly as badass as Tywin Lannister, but yeah, he's no filling way. that role. <laughs> and he he sent he sends his smoking hot sixteen year old daughter to go bang forty five year old Viserys and become <laughs> fucking the new queen. Which I it's, mean, it's just like on one it's hand, a respectable you're like, <laughs> move. I mean, I get it. It's a strong power play. <laughs> it's it's interesting though because she. I don't want to say that she was doing it out of love because her dad definitely was making her do it. Yeah. But there's this weird sort of like, as the show goes on, like you kind of believe that she really did love him and she really was doing it out of love. And she was just like sort of acting like she was only doing it for her dad. What do you think about that? Because, like, Allison Hightower is a really weird character in the show for me, especially, like, the transition. Like, where the the kid version of her, or teenage version of her, compared to the grown-up version, seems so wildly different that it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me sometimes to be like, they're the same person. Yeah. it's in- It's interesting you brought it up in the way you said it, too, because... From my perspective, what you're talking about is probably the only thing I really hate about the show. And from your what you how you described it made me actually think about it a little bit more because it actually makes her character sound a lot more complex. You know, like there's to sit like there's like the nebulous decisions that maybe are going over our heads or something like that. But in my opinion, I think Allison Hightower is a plot device character. I feel like her train of logic is so weirdly cut that it only can be attributed to this is how this is how the writer wants this to go so she moves it along like that because mm. she like it doesn't make sense to me like she just willingly starts talking to Viserys knowing her father wants her to start fucking her and become the queen mm-hmm but in her own interactions in the series it seems like she's actually genuinely interested in talking to Viserys. It does. And she's yeah. o- and she's only uncomfortable when her father shows up mm-hmm. to like obs- um, like not actually observe but she knows he is observing. And then the time jump happens and she becomes the queen and there's like this weird like almost like you know when you know, you betray your best friend, but you want to keep your best friend moment. And that's kind of what Allison was doing with Renera. You know, it was just like, dude, like you got to like, understand, like, I didn't want to be queen. Like my dad want like, but she's not telling him all this or her this, but you can see it from the, the viewer's perspective that like, mm-hmm. she's actually like, she doesn't know who she is, you know, and she's trying to be a good person, but also serve her father. Who's a piece of shit. <laughs> so, yeah. and then, it goes to the next time skip where fucking Aegon has grown up and they're doing this whole usurper moment or I, I, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but 
that mo that that Allison is confusing to me mm. because she does some things that are totally contradictory to her other two forms. <laughs> and sure, you'd be like people change or whatever, but in the same couple episodes where she's making decisions, like you can tell that her she like when she. I really don't want to get Nichols, into it because it's no, no, like no, no, no. broadcast. <laughs> we've already talked about so many spoilers already. We're just going to do this one different. We're just going to it's going to be an all spoiler episode. I'll put a warning at the beginning. OK, so just go so ahead like, and say what you want to say. We're in. So, it. yes. So Al, like when Aegon's getting anointed or uh, uh, crowned king, Aegon turns around. And well, pretty much acts like he's always been acting his whole life, like a piece of shit. And there's this look in Allison's face like, oh, my God, I just made my piece of shit son king. Mm -hmm. But you went through it. Med you meditated every single step. You knew, like, you knew exactly. In fact, you even made up the story about Viserys wanting Aegon to be king. You told everybody that. That was just your, like, wild well, little fucking... <laughs> well, okay, well... I'm going to disagree with you there a little bit. Not the same Aegon. Not the same Aegon. Right, 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 right. I get no, no, no. I totally understand that. But Allison, and she knows that power. I don't Allison, know if she does. I, don't I think know she, does. she does. I think she does. Okay, well, maybe she does. Maybe she does. But we don't implicitly know that she does. She doesn't go around like flaunting her knowledge of fucking ancient Targaryen the queen. history and shit. Right, and she might know. But Let's just say he did say that to her and we me and you and the audience definitely knows he's talking about the OG Aegon. But she you know maybe either A she doesn't know the history that well or B maybe she just genuinely believed he was talking about her Aegon and she's a mother so like yeah. her mother instincts are probably kicking in like oh of course he's talking about our little boy you know what i mean like i See, don't really necessarily I think, don't think that's, that's a lie per se mm. i think that i feel she like might be that's wishful thinking maybe but i feel like that side it would be to is totally just ruled out at that point, you know, like there's so many years of Viserys clearly not wanting that Aegon. Clearly. Right. It's right. established by so many different people. Like it's almost like a it's a pressure point at one at, at like at some point to the character, Allison. Mm -hmm. So for her just to be like, I'm okay with it. Things are just gonna like her character is it's okay, essentially. And then when Viserys dies, she's just like turns a coin flip. She's like, this is my chance. This mm -hmm. is my chance to be a snake <laughs> and I'm going to do it. Maybe. And then it just That's seems so interpretation. weird. I, and I don't, I don't think you're wrong per se. I just think that it's not ironclad. I, and I think that's one it's of the reasons not ironclad, why yeah. this show is good. I'm, I'm that's why say, it's great. For yeah, sure. th yeah, this is a great example of why this is a good show because you can look at the scene and you can probably have three different opinions on this and they're all legitimate and you can't really say one is more legitimate than the other. So, yeah. What is the symbol of the high tower? That pentagram. 
I, I don't know if that's the symbol of the high tower. You're talking about when fucking uh, Renera and Damon show back up and they're like, and it's why everywhere. is there pagan shit everywhere? What the fuck's happening here? Yeah. Well, was... no, isn't that the same? Isn't that the God of uh, the Lord of Light? I think so. I don't. I don't 100 percent know. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Like, it, well, see, here's it the thing too. Culty, and it's Allison like it Hightower shit. Allison Hightower not only looks it well is a redhead. Melisandre. God, let's also Melisandre, she looks so let's that's another episode. We have to stay stay focused. <laughs> I can't stay focused. <laughs> Anyways, if you go back into the series. There's a mate like one of her head maids literally is a body double for Melisandre. Oh, really? I, I don't know if you that. noticed that. It's like her head maid that she has a couple lines in the series that she talks to. She looks just like not exactly like her, but she's like a younger, different looking Melisandre. And it just and then the pe- the Lord of Light. I'm not sure. I might be making this up in my head, but I thought that pentagram belonged to the Lord of Light. And then also when uh Viserys died that maid I'm talking about was the ones that lit the candles in the window the seven mm-hmm. candles oh yeah her okay How isn't that a lord of light reference am i making this up oh, maybe i when when that was happening i thought that was just a signal that uh succession had happened or something like that or I thought that was, was I thought that was witchcraft afoot. I thought Maybe. she was doing that in her own religion. Like she was just like a great person had died. She's like respecting her him in her own way, you know. Honestly, because like, she's a servant of the light. You may Lord be light. absolutely correct. I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I took it a totally different way, but you could be right. Yeah, I honestly, uh, yeah, I my mind started going with. I'm like, oh, is this like also kind of a side. A, a b-side story starting too with like how melisandre's origins come about you know maybe i'm mm. not sure we'll see uh we get the, the second season is greenlit so we're gonna get a i was right about book. my uh final fantasy 7 remake preview so <laughs> uh, okay stay tuned okay calm, calm 99.7 accurate <laughs> yeah all right so Let's take a couple steps back to the first episode. Uh, first episode, a lot of shit happened. Uh, J- Viserys <laughs> and his wife had a kid that was supposed to be his firstborn son and his you know, successor. And the son was saved by killing the mom in childbirth with one of the most graphic scenes childbirth ever like in the crazy they were showing that (laughs) this this episode literally got my wife to stop watching the show and she's a huge game of thrones fan but when we watched that first episode she saw that she is like nope i'm done she yeah because rachel went through it she knows what it's about (laughs) well she didn't go through that but yeah like (laughs) yeah she was close to it you know she was something relatively close to it (laughs) but that that's how like crazy that scene was and uh you know, the the boy, they end up saving, but then he died. Like, I, I don't remember if they made it clear or not. Maybe I just missed no, it. No, they did. They yeah, did? They did. Yeah, she, she, there was a, they only, when they went to the fire, uh, the, what are those called? What am I, why am I, uh, fire or fire, pyre, pyre, 
funeral pyre, maybe funeral, funeral pyre. pyre? Yeah. yeah. Pyre. When they went to that and they had the uh his wife there, then Viserys brought the baby up wrapped up. Right, right, right. No, I yeah. I know that he, he died for sure. What I meant is like, did they make it clear why he died? Because they saved him by killing the mom in childbirth, but then he dies and they I couldn't remember if they actually said why he died. It seemed kind of nebulous, like um do you remember an yeah. explanation on that? No, but it was like the first time the viewer was seeing my interpretation of it was is like in hindsight after I've seen the whole series is that that was the first um scene where you were kind of being told the Targaryens have a hard time having babies cuz they're so fierce and you know, whatever trait, whatever they trait like to is fuck needed. Their cousins and sisters. Well, we can speculate that here and there, you know. But I th- kind of what it seemed like they were going with is that the Targaryens are such like a fierce gene, you know, have such a fierce gene that it, like the mothers die a lot, you know. Like that's babies. a great story to to cover up you know? the the incest yeah. part. I like that. It's a good strategy. Is Renera like Renera fucked? You know, Damon. <laughs> Baby oh, number one KO'd. Oh, so what happened? I mean, <laughs> what happened, kids? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah. So the episode, the first episode, ends with Veneris banishing Damon and naming Renera the heir, and that sets up the entire show. The whole, the whole first season is essentially about the very end of episode one, the banishing of Damon. And the naming of Renera and everything that happens the rest of the show revolves essentially around that decision. And I don't know about you, but I thought this was like one of the most well crafted, like from a story, setting up a story for a season. This is like one of the most well-architect first episodes ever for the way it just set up the next nine episodes so perfectly. For sure. Yeah, the architecture is really well done. There's no – the foreshadowing – Like I don't even know what you really call it in the, the writer's perspective or whatever, but how they constructed the first episode and it was pretty much the driving force – of how everything else unfolds for the next nine episodes was, it it was really well written. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) there's also like some really explicit, almost brutal sex scenes early on with Damon and his like (laughs) whore, um, from the whorehouse who ends up becoming the white worm at the end of the show. Another great dude. What a great character arc she had. Like she yeah, starts, absolutely, dude. It, dude, like it's so crazy. I don't remember yeah, she episode, came up, dude. <laughs> I don't remember if it was episode one or episode two, but like at one point they just straight up deadpan to a new scene, and it just shows Damon pounding her from behind with no context, no setup, just like regular scene happens, fade to black. Damon just pounding this bitch from behind out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought it was pretty bold, like because. They got a lot of shit in Game of Thrones for some of the explicit sex scenes, but most of those were much more story-driven, had a point of the plot, were set up, had more context. This one was just, it felt like uh, Red Shoe Diaries from Cinemax, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and... 
I thought it took balls. I have to say, like, there, there's probably a lot of people that are like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm glad they ignored him. Because even though, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm kind of like neither here nor there on the scene itself. I like the fact that they did the scene just for the, you know what I mean? Like, I like that that, like, was there. They're just like, fuck it. Throw this in. Fucking just, like, jackhammering. <laughs> Jack like this wasn't some like love making scene. This was him just like jackhammering the horror at the brothel, dude. It's crazy. It's sort of crazy in retrospect. Like you don't see any shows that show stuff like that. At least oh, you know, outside of snuff films. I don't know. Like every once in a while, there's films that just come out of nowhere. I remember what was that? Uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. That was like one of those Seth Green movies, right? <laughs> Seth Rogen, yeah. Or Seth, yeah, Seth Rogen Seth movies. Seth Green's like, I wish I was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but I just remember watching that thing, you know, like normal fucking early 2000s comedy. It's fucking hilarious shit. <laughs> no. And out of nowhere, Jay Muniz. <laughs> Is it Jay Muniz from yeah. Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah, He's just yeah, fucking yeah. a real porn star. And it's, from a perspective, you're just like... I think his dick's in her right now. <laughs> You're like, this is too close. <laughs> so there are, there are moments in time where it's like, all right, I get it. <laughs> they're, they're out there, but they're rare. And I'm glad that uh, the, the showrunners for House of Dragons had the kahunes to put a scene like that, especially early on. Uh, that plus the uh, brutal um, birth-giving scene, you can just feel the no fucks to give attitude from the showrunners early on. And that's what really grabbed me and kept me going. And yeah, man, does it pay off towards the middle? I don't know about (laughs) you because like, I thought the beginning of the show was good. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't spectacular either, but when it gets to the middle, I'm just like, Oh, I'm, I'm like back in like, prime game of thrones mode waiting for every episode with bated breath dude i was i was as soon as damon went back to the fucking aisle or whatever that fucking place was called and he just oh with the the wife killed his wife oh, without saying such a, a brutal scene i love that. without yeah. saying a goddamn word he just sits there in a black cloak and he, she's like you cuck motherfucker and he just keeps staring at her that was dude let me uh, kick you off your horse. <laughs> that scene was legendary. That was a legendary scene. I, I knew you didn't have the balls to finish me. <laughs> just quietly picks up a rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you worry. Oh, shit. Uh, so... So let's, let's talk about, like, the big... The big scene from the first time period which is when Damon sneaks young Renera out of the castle for a night on the town broadcaster <laughs> this is probably this is what really made the show where you're like we're not in Kansas anymore we're back in Westeros <laughs> when you see him take her out like that you just know what's about to happen like you don't have to know it you just you can feel it you know this fucking episode is going to end with sex or attempted sex. There's no other fucking possibility. 
Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. I also was kind of worried at the beginning of this moment because, like, when he picks her up and they're going through that alley at first, he he gives her some of that alcohol. I was like, oh, God, dude, they're going to go down the date rape fucking storyline, aren't they? <laughs> they're going to, like, he date raped his cousin, <laughs> his niece. And I was really worried. I was like, this is going to be gay as fuck. <laughs> but it didn't turn out <laughs> that way. That was my initial impression when I saw the alcohol pass. I was like, isn't she like fucking 16 or something like that? And he's supposed to be like 30 something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have they're related. S- <laughs> and they, they are. Um, yeah. Um, it's interesting, man, because you, you really look at this, this little set of episodes with these, this time period and every single scene with Renera and Damon, you can feel the sexual tension and it is uncomfortable. Uh, like yeah. <laughs> from the very beginning when they do like the duel where um Damon gets on a horse and does like the fucking uh, a knight's tail duel thing um and takes takes down the future uh consort of both Renera and uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Allison, the fucking the dude that tried to get Renera to like go on a boat to the desert with and renounce the crown, and she's like, "What, dude? Uh, dude, get back in the barn. I'm the queen, bitch." <laughs> Another great scene, by the way. I love that. Was such a weird, uncomfortable scene when they're on the boat. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> it's just like he's like has his whole life in front of his eyes. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to go do this and that." And she just looks at him like, "Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like why would I do that?" And then he ends up turning into a completely different prick. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's yeah. so funny his character flipping the way he does. Yeah. Yeah, so he's fucking Renera. Renera is like, "Fuck you." And then he starts fucking Allison and said, "But before all that, He's the knight. allegedly. <laughs> Alleged. He's I don't the know if I. You don't want to be fucking no chick that's fucking a dude with syphilis, dude. Like that right. guy was ridden in syphilis sores, dude. You don't uh, want to be tapping I mean, that. Well, she knew his secret, so he kind of had to do whatever she said. And you know, if your husband had syphilis sores and you had him, you know, guarding your bedroom, what do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> You're the queen. You, he does whatever you say. You know, we can put two and two together. I'm going to go ahead and do that. But anyway, he was the guy Imagine that Damon... second helpings on that. <laughs> he's the guy that Damon fucked up in episode one on the horse. And uh, he then walks up and, like, does his little I'm a knight salute to Renera, curry her favor type shit. And that's the beginning. Like, you feel the sexual tension immediately. And you're just like, okay, here we go. And it just keeps building the entire fucking show until, uh, yeah, they start having kids. And, uh, no, just one, (laughs) just one. And that kid, you know, kind of meets a ill fate. And, uh, you know, Damon did not give two shits about that. He did not give a fuck about yeah, that. Yeah, he really didn't. All. He really, also, just to jump all the way to the end, he didn't seem to, like, as the scene was unfolding at the very end of the series, where, mm-hmm. um, I forget the kid's fucking name. Not Joffrey. What were our other two kids' names? The middle one that was heir to the fucking 
the the place where the Valyrians were at. Uh, <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about. The sea, the serpent snake, his brother, like all those fucking the black fucking. What, what, are you talking riders, about? Are you talking about Damon's kids with Lena Valerian? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Rhaenyra's kids with what's his name? That fucking oh, other the bastard kids. Yeah, the bastard kids. Remember at the very end, Damon eats <laughs> fucking Vagar eats with the dragon and one of those fucking sons. <laughs> that oh. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the fucking at the very end, when Damon's pretty much just like going in the room and like putting his hand on his back, be like, "Listen, one of your kids just got fucking eaten by a giant fucking trap." <laughs> it didn't seem like it was that he didn't care that much. <laughs> He's like, "I know this is gonna make you mad, but I don't really care." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're talking about Luceris. Is that his name? Yeah, Lucerus Valerian. Okay. He is the man who... <laughs> well... <laughs> it was interesting to see the dynamic between dragons, though, in that scene. Because it was clear that both those dragons hated each other. Yep. And you noticed so, that, too, didn't you? Yeah, and so it was like... I was well, surprised it was, by it, that, because I thought it was all the, the dragons outlier. were on the same team. No. They're not, dude. They don't like... They don't like <laughs> each other. Yeah, and that was just like, damn, dude. So it, was, it really makes you think about the relationship of dragons in general and the dragons and riders and exactly how these Valerians actually tame dragons. Mm-hmm. Because, it like, how do they breed all these dragons and had them in such bolstering numbers if fucking one dragon just breathes fire at the biggest fucking dragon in the universe and then that fucking dragon just chomps it fucking down mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like oh okay <laughs> fuck you <laughs> yeah yeah and you know that's one thing I was afraid of actually with this. a she Vagar's a she I think <laughs> I was afraid it was called House of the Dragon, and I was just thinking, man, it's going to be one of these weird, ironic things where it's called House of the Dragon. There's going to be like no dragons. I'm very glad that that was not the case. There was a huge emphasis on the dragons in this show, and I think it's a big part of what makes it good. I think I think yes and no. I feel like there definitely was a lot more dragon action than Game of Thrones especially considering nine seasons of Game of Thrones to the one season of House of Dragons, relatively. But at the same time, I remember seeing this press junket with like all the actors, and they were all being asked this cookie-cutter question. Right, and it was just like, what do you think the viewers are gonna, are looking for the most in House of Dragon? Blah blah blah, and they all say the same fucking thing. Oh, the dragons, the dragons for sure, the dragons, the dragons, the dragons, the dragons. And I just made me think that they were gonna that that just pumped me up to a point where I was like, this this show is gonna have so much fucking dragons, you're almost gonna criticize it for not having any acting. But that wasn't yeah. the case <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. It was, every scene there was dragons, though. It was solid. Don't get me wrong. It was fucking awesome. There was a lot of good dragon action, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of politics because of real world. So, like, when I just watch a show and there's a bunch of politics happening and I know there's dragons in the background, I'm just like, let's just get to the fucking dragons, guys. Let's, <laughs> let's just burn it all fucking down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
episode, what is it, three or four, what did you think about the, let's just call it the Stepstones? So at a certain point in the, the first timeline, this big battle happens in the Stepstones, and it's with the Valerians, like the Valerians are at sort of like at war with this like dude who's like this crab feeder and he feeds he like captures ships in their supply line and feeds them to crabs. What did you think about this whole thing? Because this was like one of the weirdest parts of the show to me, but I was oddly compelled by it. I don't know what it was, but just like like these scenes, it reminded me of a horror movie. Like there's these scenes in like the dark and there's fires going on and this dude with this weird mask is just like tying people to ropes and like having crabs eat them. It was just really what bizarre. Was what was his name? The Crag Walker? <laughs> I forget what they called him, man, but he... Uh, I think they called him the crab feeder. I think that was what they called him. Crab feeder? Yeah, okay. I think they called him the crab feeder. Yeah, and it was on the the, the steps? Stepstones. That was the stepstones where they were fighting for? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, it was one of my favorite episodes. It was super cool. I loved... I didn't like how they abruptly just jumped to it, though. These yeah, are, it was out of is, nowhere a little bit. This is one of those things where you feel like it was rushed from the book. Mm-hmm. That there was a lot more de- – well, clearly there was going to be a lot more detail in the book. But it, it, you see it and you can feel it. You know, you're like, this is cool, but I feel like we should – as a viewer should know more <laughs> before this is going down. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, it was it was still awesome. The dragon – dude, Damon the just coming end. down with the dragon and, like, tr- just calling out – the crab feeder yeah. and like it backfiring and losing all those men. And then Dame is just like, fuck this dude. I'm dude, going in alone. Dude. That was, that was, yeah, I was about to say like that, the part where Damon just decided, fuck it. I'm going in by myself. That whole sequence was really fucking cool. Yeah, I loved everything cool. about that. That was just That's like, what sets Damon up. Cause before that you're like, Damon's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but then as a man you're just like Dame is pretty fucking cool on episode 3 <laughs> yeah 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 the, the, that whole thing was was weird and cool and a, a part of like the secret sauce I think that got me hooked and because y- y- you kind of needed that because when they first do the time skip there's this weird compulsion that I had, I don't, I don't know if you had it or if other people that watched it had it, but like, you get a time skip in like episode five or four, I forget which, whenever it happens, you get this time skip and you're just like, I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like these new actors. I want the old actors back. This is kind of weird. I'm just like, do I even like this show? I don't even know if I like this show now. I think that that scene with the crab feeder with Damon it really sort of like got its hooks into you to keep you around long enough for you to kind of get back into it after the time skip. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It was definitely a hook moment because the whole, like most of the series is political. It's a political story. Well, yeah, it's all, it's a civil war, you know? I mean like, but it's pretty heavy in house of dragons, you know, it's 10 episodes and there's probably like you pointed out earlier, it's probably only going to have another season. And if that's what most of that second season is going to be about, their hook moments need to be meaty. They need to be meaty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, the second dude. The second with the, with Game of Thrones, their political season. moments were actually kind of cool. You know, like the Red Wedding and seeing uh, Tannis Baratheon was like always like constantly trying to like take his seat on the throne. Like mm-hmm. they had really cool political moments. I don't think a, the House of Dragons political moments were really that cool. You know. Well, I He's, think maybe maybe the very end when Aegon gets anointed or uh, like crown king, you know, that was kind of a cool political moment because you're just like, damn, they're just going to do the usurp right here. Dude, mm, dude when uh, <laughs> when uh, the well, I forget her name, but the the cousin who married into the Valerians when she breaks through the the floor in her dragon and just stares at Aegon for like 30 seconds. I could fuck seconds. you up right oh now. Oh <laughs> my god, that was so good. I'm just sitting there like, yes. This is it's what also I'm fucking about. dumb. I'm not going to lie. It was also fucking dumb. Well, I know her she could have used she could have changed oh, history. Right yeah, there. I'm it's, not going to start the war you need to start. Like, what kind of questions that you're going to fight for? Just end it right there. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that that moment she could have changed a lot of history in this whatever you want to call the Game of Thrones universe. She could have changed so much if she just w- fucking ate Aegon right there with yeah. her dragon. But uh, one one political moment that you know, bringing up the Red Wedding. I call the Black Wedding is the episode right before the time skip when uh, Rhaenyra marries her gay cousin or the gay Valerian kid. Remember? Thenian? I forget, but this the thing that was crazy about it is that like the fucking uh the consort kid, um he got super butthurt because the consort of the gay husband came over and was like, I know your secret and you know, you're going to know mine and we're going to have secrets together. So let's be friends. And then he just, and it's such a weird scene where you're just like, he's basically just letting you know that like you guys are all in on the same secret now and he's, he's with you on it and he's not going to turn you in. But this guy reacts so crazy. He just beats him to death for bringing it up. And, the end of this episode is them getting married with the corpse of that guy he beat to death on the ground in front of them. They didn't even bother to clean the corpse up. Like, they're doing the vows of the marriage, and it, like, the camera pounds, pans out, and you just see the gore from this guy being beat to death at the fucking wedding banquet, just sitting in the fucking crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they're sending? Send a message to the gays. <laughs> oh, watch out! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, though. <laughs> I mean, his character in what's that guy's name? Sir Kristen? Uh, are you talking Kristen about Cole, the consort Kristen, guy? Yeah, Kristen Cole is. I'm pretty sure is his name. Uh, yeah, yeah. That guy's insane. Like he, like he has the craziest, craziest fucking uh, progression as a character in the whole series. Like he goes from zero to two thousand. It's pretty bizarre. Eight episodes. Yeah, he he has a crazy dude. A lot of characters have crazy character arcs in the show, though. Like just just think of Amon's fucking. Character, <laughs> my, my boy, my boy. <laughs> like, there, there's so many crazy uh, characters. Don't worry, mother. 
<laughs> we may have sacrificed an eye, but we gained a dragon. <laughs> fucking, that's that was a cold that, son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> that was a great scene too. Fucking uh, man, oh man! Just hey, like he, when he, dude, the poise of that he steals, he steals Vagar, and then he comes back just fucking chest high, just walking the hallway, and that bitch is like, "That was my dragon." He's just like, "Well, I got to her first bitch," and she just, dude, just screams at him, tries to, he punches that bitch, then <laughs> like three other kids fucking attack him. He yeah. takes on like five kids or something like that, and then gets cut in the fucking eye. <laughs> yeah, fucking brutal, dude. That was yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. That it, kid fight. It was so funny. It was good. It was really good. But like the, the scene where fucking uh, Allison like literally wants to murder Renera in the middle of like this big ball with everyone there, like in front of the world, basically she wants to stab and she kind of tries to uh, kind of half-heartedly. Gives her a scar, but doesn't kill her or even come close. But the poise of Aemond to just be like, Mother, I got a dragon. They got an eye. I think it's a fair trade. I was just like, God damn, son. (laughs) You are wise beyond your years. And then the gar- the timeline jump, it, dude, the guy he turns into. Dude, <laughs> that guy, literally, if you looked up the fuck, if there was a dictionary with pictures in it, and you looked up assassin, his picture would be right next to it. That boy looks like an assassin. Yeah, he definitely. As, as soon as they do the, the second time skip, and you see him, you're just like, oh, he's going to fuck some shit up. I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> But this one-eyed motherfucker is going to fuck some shit up by the end of the season, and fuck yeah, does he? Dude, when he fucking clowns on the bastard children at the la- of the Cerasus last dinner. <laughs> oh, that was... Dude, talk about another great political moment, that last dinner with Viserys. Dude, yes, that was some dude. expert writing with, like, the shit talking going around that table. <laughs> dude... <laughs> It was funny, too, because all the shit talking going on, the only two genuine moments were the two people that literally were almost killed each other, which was fucking Allison mm-hmm. and Renera. <laughs> they were the only two that were like, no, I want to be friends. Yeah, I, I want to be friends, too. <laughs> Everyone else is like, fuck that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, so... So Viserys, when, when when they first come back and see Viserys on the bed just melting into it, did you think like I did that they were poisoning him? Because they even kind of hint at it with Damon. Like Damon like looks at his cup of tea and like sniffs it and he's like, hmm. And I'm just like, well, it's oh milk yeah. Milk of the poppy. Well, they, they, they eventually they explain that it's like a fucking, you know, to kill the pain or whatever he's going through or whatever. But did, did you not think that they might have been poisoning him? <laughs> I mean, if I was Viserys, I wish they'd be poisoning me. <laughs> to be fucking for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh, they never really make clear what Viserys' disease is either, do they? I think they, it's syphilis. Is that? <laughs> I think it's syphilis. I'm pretty damn sure it's syphilis. <laughs> it might be. Uh, they. I don't feel like they ever tell you though, right? Uh, no. 
I don't. I think maybe in the book they do. Maybe. But no, they, I don't think they ever at any point tell you what his disease is. Yeah. I thought, honestly, it was like the curse of the throne at first. But then I had to like go back and realize he had the disease before he got mm-hmm. cut. And <laughs> it was, and then it was really just the the syphilis that he had that made his finger fucking rot off when he got cut on the throne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Aegon is grown up and he's just like raping handmaidens and fucking. Yeah. Going to watch fucking poor children sharpen their teeth and murder each other. Yeah, too. Dude, that's some that some Baraka shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking. Uh, this is where I kind of got lost with Allison a little bit. Like this, like you, you already kind of mentioned it, like where you think she goes dark side because she makes up the Aegon thing and starts the war. Basically, I agree with you there in spirit, but really, what got me with a- Allison was how she dealt with Aegon. Like, so Aegon rapes a slave servant, whatever you want to call her, and Allison. Like this fucking little snake in the grass pretends like she's friends with the girl who he raped, but then she fucking murders this bitch in cold blood to cover it up. Yep. This was such a departure for her character. I thought like it's it's crazy how Allison changes. Like she just goes through some metamorphosis. She's a flippant character. Yeah. <laughs> And this is this is I think really what cemented her as the bad guy in my opinion. For a long time in the show, I wasn't sure if Allison was the bad guy or if Renera was the bad guy. And this part is what really cemented for me that Allison is the bad guy, and we should be rooting for Renera. Because Renera's done some shady shit. Don't get me wrong, but she's never done anything like that. Like Allison starts to do some really shady things towards oh, no the doubt. end of this show. There's no doubt about it. But the, my main problem is, is that she does that, though. And then the writers have the nerve to try to give her some form of, like, regret when she sees Aegon taking the crown. Mm-hmm. Which is just preposterous to me. It doesn't make sense at all. Shouldn't you feel regret for that p- fucking poor chick that you murdered because your son wanted to fuck her? Like, or you- any of the moments leading up to the after that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is like, yeah, it's a lot of time to think about it. And something else is weird now that I think about it. It's kind of going back a little bit. Remember when Allison was essentially. Renera's best friend and like she had a totally different attitude towards her and then she learns that she is is fucking she learns essentially that Renera is out there fucking and she isn't a virgin and this fact makes her completely turn on Renera to the point where she's like a blood enemy this confused me greatly because why the fuck does she care if Renera's out there fucking? The fucking nerve, like, first it's so of all. Weird. <laughs> You're trying to fuck her dad. Yeah. <laughs> by the behest of your own fucking sleazy dad. Or not sleazy dad, but fucking ratty dad. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't make, like, the hypocrisy is unreal. It is. It, it, 
I just wanted to bring that up because we kind of glossed over. Oh, that. you're not pure? Oh my god. <laughs> Allison is one of the weirdest characters in this entire show. She has some weird moments, some weird contrasting opinions and sort of outlooks and just character arcs that you're just like, you raise an eyebrow at. You're just like, who the fuck are you, woman? Yeah, she's definitely, I, she was. she's a confusing character to me. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, she uh, she names Aegon the uh, the successor after the second time skip after the the conversation we already talked about, and uh, this is what really kicks into gear what I think the the second season is going to be about, which is fucking war and God it can. It's hard to not be hyped for the second season based on the way this shit ends. It just feels like it's set up to be fucking crazy. Because Aegon is king. Renera was named the successor. Renera has shit tons of support. Renera's son was just murdered by Aemond in the skies right as the show ends. Like, it's just, like, the most epic setup for a war that I could possibly think of. No doubt. It's, I, dude, I'm stoked for it. I, I want to see Vagar with more money. <laughs> That's what I'm really hoping for. I'm hoping they see the success of the season. You didn't, you weren't impressed with more. the CG? No, I was impressed with the CG. I wasn't impressed with the scale of Vagar because there was a bunch of scenes where they clearly were trying to show you that Vagar is bigger than the screen, and I didn't like that. I was like, you guys should have enough money. Mm-hmm. I want to see more full-on Vagar like you saw at the very end where Vagar comes out of the clouds and chomps that fucking no-name piece pussy-ass dragon. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right? <laughs> like, the, that was even so... It was so quick. It was the coolest moment with Vagar other than obviously Amon like mounting Vagar. Yeah. But like you did like all those scenes, like when you, if you get a full body shot of Vagar, it was from super far away sleeping in low light or something like that. Or it was close up with just the head, you know, looking at you. Yeah. You didn't like, or what's uh Damon's ex-wife that died from childbirth or whatever. Like when she's writing it, you know, you don't actually get to see the full scale of it most time. It's up super close to her, and they're doing this weird like motion blur thing in the for in the background, yeah, to make it seem like the the wings are way bigger than her, you know. And I, I just thought it was it, it kind of looked cheap looking compared to like say scenes where the where Damon came down with his dragon to kill the crab feeder, you know. Mm. Like, I thought those were way better looking. And Damon's dragon is super long, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they clearly had to use budget to get that thing fully in the screen. Like, especially when it was, like, the scene where he was... Um, I, I always... I don't know what the name of those islands are called, but whatever the Valerians were at, when he's, like, arriving there on his dragon, you know, and it's, like, its tail scraping the ocean, and then it kind of, like, ascends up a little bit. Like yeah. those scene, those scenes have to cost a lot of money. Oh, definitely. You know? So I, I just, it was weird to see Vagar treated, in my opinion, a little bit more poorly. 
Well, I think Vagar uh I think Vagar's time in the spotlight hasn't come yet, and I think it's coming in season two. Uh well, so, Vagar and Damon's Dragon let's, let's are just, coming let's just, <laughs> in the spotlight. Right, let's, let's end this review just talking. Because we all know what's about to happen in Season 2. Damon versus Amon, okay? <laughs> and it's the pay-per-view match we've all been waiting for. <laughs> but before that, let's talk about the final episode of Season 1. From the get-go, I had hype for this episode because I saw the title before I watched it, The Black Queen. And as soon as I saw that title, I was just like, file this under badass episode i just knew it like instantly like there was i just i just knew it i was like i would bet fifty thousand dollars that this is going to be an amazing episode and fucking a was i right it starts off with fucking uh uh renera going into premature labor and still birthing damon's fucking incest baby and another just brutal scene because she like she has all like these midwives and shit right yep and she sends them away she's like no i'm gonna do it by myself and you just see her freaking out by herself in this room just like trying to do and she gives birth to the stillborn baby like it is like one of the most disturbing brutal crazy scenes and that is saying something because in episode one, as we previously discussed, that that birth scene was fucking crazy, too. So this show has two, in ten episodes, has two of the most crazy, graphic birth scenes of all time in cinema. Oh, yeah. Dude, it shows, dude, it shows like and Damon's response. Yeah. Damon's response was... I don't give a fuck about that. Let's go to war. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And, and Renera's like sort of talks back to him a little bit, and Damon just chokes her. It's like just starts choking her, like, bitch, I took you to that brothel. What do you think I'll do next? <laughs> it was what a fucking crazy start to this episode. Fucking Sir Eric brings the the crown and Renera's declared queen after Aegon was already declared king. Like, you just have this crazy setup for this war, like this elaborate crowning for Rhaenyra. And, uh, you know, Aegon tries to, like, bribe her into accepting him as king by, like, saying, like, oh, your your kids can be next in line or something. I forget exactly what the deal was, but it it was pretty generous for her kids, not for her per se, but, like, her first male-born heir was going to be next in line or some shit. But Damon has having none of that shit. She was, like, thinking about taking the deal, and that's when Damon chokes her, and is just like, bitch. And fucking Damon just is, like, immediately on the warpath, fucking getting more dragon riders, getting all the dragons together. Be like, bitch, we outnumber them on dragons 15 to 1. Let's go murder these bitches. Like, this whole, like, war room setting, this whole scene of him planning the war was so awesome. Like, you could just feel the energy, like, we have the dragons. Let's go. Then we get House Stark and House Baratheon swearing 
allegiance to the queen, the black queen. Princess Which was, you knew that was coming because we all know the Baratheons and the Starks are G's. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Like, <laughs> that's like a, like a nice little thing for the fucking Game of Thrones. I mean, everyone watching this is probably a Game of Thrones fan. So like, whatever. But it's just cool. Like seeing those two houses just like, oh, yeah, here we go. Stannis so- Baratheon Barath- is like the Vince McMahon of Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah, dude, okay? Yes. <laughs> That's right. That guy comes out and he has the fucking, the preposterous eye- eyebrow raise, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not king? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so... Man, so the so Aegon offers this alliance, and then Rhaenyra isn't gonna do shit. Now we have the kid going to recruit. Which house was it? Which house was he going to recruit again? I forget. Um. I think he was going. I think he was actually going to go do Stark. No, because they got the Starks right. They swore. I thought the ki- the two kids were doing the Stark and Baratheons. Those were the two scrolls they were giving. Hmm. Or no, Bor. Was it Lord Boros? Who's Lord Boros? That's who the that's who the kid that got fucking taken down is going to give a scroll to. Some Lord Boros. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I forget what how like Bor. Oh, that is the Baratheons. Okay, so okay, so she sends she sends her son to go recruit the Baratheons on Dragonback. Says, okay, show up on a dragon as our messenger. You're my blood. They're gonna take this shit seriously. And our boy Aemon is there, staring at him. And he does his spleel, and yeah, Boros Boros is like, nah, I'm not feeling this. Uh, you say no. Uh, you get the fuck out of here. And then Aemon comes and he's like, I want your eye now. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is like one of the greatest endings to a finale ever like the dread of seeing him ride that dragon to this like it's like pouring down rain it's like Camino from Star Wars <laughs> like it's just pouring down rain there's mist and fog everywhere he lands his dragon he's surrounded by enemies and he knows it and he's just this little fucking 14 year old kid or whatever the fuck he is and he's just looking around like fuck shit in his pants goes in there Fucking Amon's like, give me your eye, motherfucker. <laughs> and luckily or not, um, Boros is like, no, not here. You won't, you won't attack him. He's a diplomat. Sit the fuck down, Amon. And you're like, hoof, hoof. I wouldn't fuck with Amon. <laughs> so, 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 Lucerus was probably just sweating bullets this entire time, just like shitting his pants. And he's like, fuck, thank God Boros isn't an asshole. Gets on his dragon and leaves. But the second he gets on that dragon, I'll bet you could feel it too. 
You oh, just for knew sure. yeah, Eamon dude. was in hot pursuit, man. <laughs> and Eamon yeah. just shows up and he just fucking with Vagar, your 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 favorite dragon, just takes Lucerus out and Eric's and the dragon and Lucerus. Yeah, see, this is one of the things where I'm uh, quite interested with because it seems like Amon, like, d- definitely wanted, you know, definitely wanted fucking to uh, take an eye from Viser or Lucerus or whatever. Lu- Lucerus? Lucerus? I don't know. I, I don't. I think it's Lucerus. Anyways, Lucerus. I think that was like a tit for Taz, though. I think he just, like, wanted to do that. I think that was like a way of pumping. When he went in hot pursuit, uh, of him and shit like that. I don't think he had the intention of killing him. I think honestly, that was more of a dragon on dragon thing. Yeah, you could feel because because even, even Damon after he like did it, he was like, "Fuck, well, <laughs> like, that I, wasn't supposed to happen." <laughs> I dude, I you know, for those of you who watch The Walking Dead, I have always sort of held in contention that Negan was Negan, and that Lucille, his bat, the weapon he uses to kill everyone, was its own entity. Like, I almost feel like Lucille, his bat, was like the dragon, like Aemon's dragon, Vagar. Like, Negan's gonna fucking beat the fuck out of Glenn and kill him, but at the end he's like, fuck, I didn't mean to go that far, and he just looks at that bat and he's like, you're possessed by demons, aren't you? I feel like that's sort of the same thing that happened here with Amond and his dragon. I think that he like thought one thing was going to happen, and then Vagar is just like, "Fuck no, we're murking these bitches," and then Amond's just like, "Oh no, I didn't realize that I wasn't in control. Vagar's in control." Yeah, <laughs> dude, the, dude, Vagar is the queen of all dragons. Dude. Like, she's she's top bitch in the dragon world. Yeah, and. uh you you see like that stunned look on uh, his Amon's face, and it's pretty clear that he either didn't intend to kill, or he was stunned by the ramifications of what he just did, and was sort of just smart enough to know, oh, dude, I just started like World War Three. Yeah, <laughs> one of the two. It. Yeah. That definitely could be it, but I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it definitely, like, the meeting up on the land uh, that Baratheon's at might just be coincidence or whatever, but I don't know. It just seems too coincidental. It's just like, they clearly, yeah. clearly wanted uh, these two to meet and uh, something to happen, but they're using the dragons as an excuse as it happened, you know, but <laughs> they want, clearly wanted to kill that motherfucker. Yeah. And in an episode that was just amazing beginning to end, I loved the fuck out of the final scene where Renera is informed by some sort of messenger that Lucerus is dead. And they do this scene where she like, you know, she like just freaks out a little bit and, you know, does like the mom Thing where her kid's dead 
But then she like turns and stares. And that's when you know she's the Black Queen. And that's when the fucking season ends with that look on her face. Like she's like looking like I'm about to send 500 dragons on you, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like you just see that look on her face. You're just like, oh, my God, what did I just watch? And what am I about to watch in season two? The battle of the Great Bridge, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, broadcaster. As you know, here in the Crack Cellar, we have a official patented Ghostbusters rating system that we use on all of our reviews, and uh, this one's no different. What do you rate House of the Dragon Season 1? Uh, I'm going to give it a pure Aryan boogeyman. <laughs> Like the white driven snow hair they have. <laughs> You're gonna be a master race boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, master race boogeyman. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> it's such it's it's really well done and you can't like I think it really surprised me too because like Rings of Power came out around the same time and Rings of Power was such a dog shit that it, I I feel kind of bad that House of Dragons even had to come out around it because mm-hmm. it like almost brought it down by proxy. <laughs> you well, the know, entire like a little bit apparatus yeah. was like trying to prop up Rings of Power while trying to diminish House of the Dragon at the same time. So it did feel a little weird in that way. Yeah, House of Dragons is leagues above rings of power leagues i wish house of dragons had the budget yeah power had <laughs> that'd been awesome <laughs> yeah uh i, I think lo- we're gonna get that season two yeah i do too and i love game of thrones and i'm i don't mean this in a way is like talking shit but i think more happens in one season of house of the dragon that happened in multiple seasons of game of thrones like i love game of thrones but so much shit happens in house of dragons in 10 episodes that you almost like need like time to absorb it all like you go into retrograde or something you're like staring at the stars like what the fuck did i just watch so much fucking shit just happened yeah yeah, well, I mean, obviously with the time skips and stuff like that, they clearly, like, were about giving you hearty spoonfuls, you know? There was like, no were... fucking filler in that show. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was absolutely no fat on the bone. It was all meat. Negator. <sighs> and for that reason, I'm going to give it a multi-culty boogeyman. To counter your best. Multiculty? Cult- yeah, because the Valerians. Multicultural? The, the Valerians were black. Yeah. Something we didn't talk about too much. <laughs> you know, in honor of the black Valerians, which, by the way, are not canon and is totally a thing they did for the show. And like, Really? Yes, yes. 100%. The, the Targaryens are supposed to be albinos. Like, they're not black. So, whatever. I am not going to. You gotta be fucking kidding me! I'm just, right I, now. I'm just saying, in honor <laughs> of their decision to make the Valerians uh, House Valeria um, of the Black variety, I'm gonna give this a multi-culty boogeyman. You know, uh, 
Just imagine if Boogeyman looked a little bit more like Michael I take Jackson. back my Boogeyman kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. They fucking blackified albinos? They did. They did. <laughs> what? I I really don't mind it that much though. Like I honestly don't. Like there's sometimes where they do this shit where it bothers the fuck out of me and this it didn't really. It's a it's a fantasy show. It's like high fantasy sort adjacent. What's the albino that could how harness lightning? And that movie not K-Pax with Kevin Spacey, yeah. but the one before that. K-Pax? Who, How do we get to K-Pax? Because <laughs> K-Pax was pretty much like an advanced, like a, like a, they clearly were taking from the movie I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? It's like and, some white albino, like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, some guy, like some whole, like, religious, like, he's a angel you know like god touched him you know and with like, that, we'll close out <laughs> and then you can art he could harness lightning or something you're dude. talking about phenomenon with fucking uh john <laughs> travolta dude i think no that's what you're talking no, about. no 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 <laughs> no <laughs> uh, hold on a second maybe i'm from a different timeline <laughs> you might have crossed world lines uh I'm just going to type in albino movies to search it <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that should work. Powder. Powder. Yeah, dude, and I am right. <laughs> totally there, dude. An off-the-charts genius who is homeschooled and shunned after his last relative dies shows the unconscious residents of his town about connection awareness and the generosity of the spirit well <laughs> oh shit i've seen this movie yeah dude oh jeff goldblum <laughs> sean patrick flannery yeah i remember this shit dude fucking mary steen virgin oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking about <laughs> And he could harness lightning or something. Dude, how did you pull this out? Oh my god, I can't believe you pulled this out of your brain. Dude, I forgot about this movie completely. It's a classic, dude. And that brings me to my next point, kids. Don't do crack. (laughs) 